Hello, Texans, and welcome to the podcast. Let's get right to it. All right, so the Texans take on the Cleveland Browns Sunday at noon. It's live on Sports Radio 610. This app, I believe this app, wherever you're getting this right now, and the Bull 100.3 FM. Let's go over some things here after the Texans beat the Jags. Coach David Culley, we do a show with him every Monday, and we talked about the fact that, and I wrote about this on HoustonTexans.com, he is 2-0 and in debuts in the city of Houston as a head coach after beating Jacksonville and as a starting quarterback because he started for Vanderbilt in 1975 when they defeated Rice at Rice Stadium, and here's how the coach described it. The first game I started was a game here in Houston, Texas against Rice University. The quarterback on the other side was Tommy Kramer. Yeah. We we won the ball game 9-6, to six, which means that I didn't get us in the end zone, but I didn't get us beat in that ball game. <laughs> right. You know, uh, but – that's that's the just my first start here in Houston in old Rice Stadium is is a very fond memory of me. Just like right now in the NFL as a head coach, yeah, the fondest yeah. memory I got is getting this win that we just got yesterday. I love that story because I think of Cully with the big afro back at Vanderbilt playing quarterback, going up against Tommy Kramer, who would eventually play 14 seasons in the NFL, and Kramer – replaced Fran Tarkenton for the Minnesota Vikings out of San Antonio. Anyway, it sent me down this wormhole investigating that game, and I really couldn't find many details on it. I couldn't find Cully's numbers. They have to exist somewhere, I imagine. All right, another thing that popped up this week was Jordan Jenkins. Jordan Jenkins is playing defensive end for these Texans, and when the Texans go up against the Browns, obviously you have a lot of former Browns on this team. You definitely have Jadeveon Clowney on the Browns right now. And you also have college teammates. This happens every week in the NFL, opposing players who were together in college. And this is the case with Jordan Jenkins and Nick Chubb, the running back, very good one, for the Cleveland Browns. And we had Jordan Jenkins on the Texans Players Show presented by Fuddruckers this week. And this is what he said about an interaction between he and Chubb back between the hedges or wherever they practiced on the Georgia campus. I was actually about to hit him off. I said, if you run me over, we're going to fight again. And uh, th- <laughs> this time we're going to go the distance. <laughs> uh, we had, uh, there's one of the practices at Georgia. I had uh, got mad or whatever. Someone hit me late and I thought it was Chubb. And I went <laughs> slung. I threw a haymaker at him, and he ducked underneath and started laughing. But um, <laughs> it's going to be a fun game. Jordan Jenkins, one of the many, many likable players on this Houston Texans roster. All right, getting ready for the Browns. Let's get a little scouting report right now with the voice of the Cleveland Browns. He's a real good one. Jim Donovan. I'm happy for Jim. He's got a lot of action right now after a playoff season last year. Well, look, I'll just let him tell it. Let's drop in on the conversation. Jim, losing to the Chiefs from afar it just seems like, okay, you were right there. It's very disappointing, but it's a long season. How are the Browns taking this loss internally? You know, Mark, I have to tell you, I think it's been a tough one for them to get out of their system and to move on. Um, you know, and it would be advisable to move on and get ready for this one against the Texans. But I think like any opening game, you put so much into that game in preparation because you have so much time to get ready for that game. And they definitely were prepared. I think the fact that they were in such good control of the game for so long, I think they led for 53 minutes of the game and how quickly it kind of imploded on them in the last couple of minutes of the game. 
Um, I think that there was a shock value to it, that they had done so many good things, but the lesson is that you really have to learn how to finish the game. So I know that they're eager to get into that kind of a situation again and do better. So I think in that vein, it's been tough for them to put it beside them and put it aside and get ready for this one. But I think now, as we speak, I think they're on to the Texans to kind of use a Bill Belichick line. All right, so when people ask you, what is the strength of the Browns offensively? Running game, passing game, I would maybe say yes because it's a little bit of both. But what do you think? How would you describe that, Jim? Yeah, I would think that, uh, you know, the combination of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt together uh, parlayed with a really good offensive line. Uh, that That is the go-to button for them. That's the one that they push. That's the, If they are really kind of clicking offensively, um, that's the thing that is the engine that makes them go is that running game. And the fact that they can come in with two really high-quality running backs and there's no drop-off uh, makes it even more powerful for them. So I would have to say their running game is, is really kind of the meat and potatoes of what they do. Everything definitely feeds off of that. And I think even last Sunday in Kansas City, that running game was really strong to the point where they threw it well, but I think it was all set up because they were being so effective in their running game. Jim Donovan, voice of the Cleveland Browns, joining us. Tell us about the growth of Baker Mayfield. Better in the second half last year than the first, so trending up. You have the playoff success, and now this year, I know it didn't go well last week, but what are we seeing in Baker Mayfield in year four? You know, it was really amazing, Mark. Uh, from the bye week last week, last I mean last year, the bye week came, and, uh, and Reed, he took off at that point. I mean, he was having a good season. Uh, he was definitely kind of a game manager. It was a new offense, and they were really leaning on the run game through the front half of the schedule last year. But from the point of the bye week, post-bye week, they came out, they played Cincinnati. Uh, it was interesting. It was the day they lost Odell Beckham Jr. on the first passing play of the afternoon. From that point on, he was red hot. And I think it was a comfort factor that he had uh, the offense more you know, in his head that he was more comfortable with it. He was being coached really well. His head coach, you know, is his offensive coordinator in Kevin Stefanski, but he's got another offensive coordinator alongside Alex Van Pelton. They're really doing a very, very good job with him. His play-action passing game became really excellent, and everything kind of fell into place. He is, he is definitely a guy that plays with a lot of momentum. I mean, he builds up a great deal of energy. And when he's going, I mean, he plays fast and his decisions are quick and he's got a great arm. And all of that just continued week by week last year. And, and even Sunday, I mean, I have never seen him better than he was in the first half of the game against Kansas City. I mean, he was right on target, great decisions, very, very quick of foot in the pocket. I mean, things were really good. The next step is for him, um, you know, to be able to put together that last drive, Mark, when the game is on the line and you need a touchdown to go down and score, um, he has to be able to do that, I think, to get to the level that he wants to get to. But so far, since Kevin Stefanski has come in and taken over as the head coach of the team, his, his arrow, meaning Baker Mayfield, has really shot up. Jim Donovan, voice of the Cleveland Browns, joining us on Texans Radio. We know about some of the defensive players, of course, but Jadeveon Clowney of great interest to the Texans fans. How's he fitting in, Jim? You know, last week, um, it, it was kind of a strange week. He was sick most of the week, and it, it had nothing to do with COVID. I mean, he was under the weather last week, so he didn't practice a great deal leading up to the Kansas City game. 
um, it, it really didn't play out on the field that, you know, the, uh, the image that the Browns wanted with Miles Garrett on one side and Jadevian on the other side. And uh, it didn't come to fruition last week. Now, we'll see how it plays out this week and in the weeks following that. Um, I think they're very excited to have him here. Um, and I think he's very excited to be here. It seems as though he seems really excited to play alongside Miles Garrett. And it's a great one-two punch on paper. Now we'll see how it plays out on the field. Of course, he's got to, he has to stay on the field to make it happen. And uh, he had a very light training camp in the way that he didn't really participate an awful lot. And he didn't play in any of the preseason games. So I think we're all very interested to see how this thing plays out with him um, and how he's going to play. And hopefully it's going to be very good. Jim, I know you get interviewed a lot about the Cleveland Browns, of course, asked a lot of the same types of questions, but you tell me something about this team, maybe a player or an aspect of the team that people don't talk about enough from the outside looking in. I think it's a team right now, Mark, that was, uh, you know, th there are enough guys that were still on the team when it was really scraping the bottom of the barrel. I mean, I know the roster's been changed a great deal and it's been upgraded tremendously. And, and that's one of the big reasons why they have had success now. But there are enough guys, the foundation guys, that were here still when they were kind of scuffling. Um, and I think the fact that those guys really seem to appreciate the turn of a franchise and how a culture change can come into a franchise and really have a, a tremendous turn from a losing, beaten-up organization, kind of a laughable organization, the butt of a lot of jokes around the NFL, a one-win season, a winless season. I think those guys, when other guys come into the locker room and they listen to those guys how it was and how they appreciate how winning is here in, in the city of Cleveland and with the Browns, I think it's a great marriage, and I think that that's why the team – has come together so much. And then in turn, with an incredible fan base, you put that together. Uh, it's been a fun thing to be a part of. It wasn't fun during those seasons when they were scuffling and there were many of them, too many of them, but it's been fun to watch it turn around. And I think that those, those organizational guys that have been here for a period of time, I'm really happy for them. And I know their teammates are happy for them too. Jim, what about Kevin Stefanski and what he brings to the table as a head coach? We've seen his work as a coordinator and, of course, last year as the head coach, but what's it like being around him and the effect he has on the organization? You know, Mark, I go back to when he was hired. Um, it, it was kind of one of these situations where the Browns are going to hire Kevin Stefanski. It was the day after the Minnesota Vikings had lost to the San Francisco 49ers in the playoffs, and that made Kevin Stefanski readily available and the year before that, Stefanski was a finalist for the Browns head coaching job. And instead, they stayed in-house and they brought Freddie Kitchens up to the point of being the head coach of the team. So the day that it was announced, Kevin Stefanski is going to be the head coach of the Browns. I have to tell you, a lot of people felt it was very underwhelming. I mean, they wanted a big name, a hot coordinator, you know, uh, and, and they just didn't feel that it was happening. OK, we're going to get this guy named Kevin Stefanski. Wow. Since he has come in. He is an impeccably organized guy. He is just an, an amazing, you know, down to the every note, have this team fully prepared. And I think what happened, Mark, was that the roster felt like, hey, we're tired of losing and we've done it a million different ways. Let's listen to what this guy has to say and follow through with what he's teaching us. 
And maybe this might be the way it, it is to turn this thing around and start to become uh, a winning team. He's incredibly composed. Um, they are so perfectly prepared for games. And I, and I thought they were impeccably prepared last week going into Kansas City and playing at Arrowhead Stadium. And that is the norm now with the Browns, that they go in and you know that they are ready for each game. And it plays out on the field. You know, they're not racking up a lot of penalties. They're not making a lot of mental mistakes. They practice very well. Their training camp was right down to the minute organized. And I think it's a good thing for them. He's been a breath of very, very needed fresh air here in Cleveland. Jim Donovan, voice of the Cleveland Browns, joining us on Texans Radio. Tyrod Taylor, what do you remember about him, his time in Cleveland? I just remember what a great pro he was because it was an extremely difficult situation for him. Um, I remember when the day came that they traded for him, John Dorsey pulled off the deal with the Buffalo Bills, and we were all excited and saw the vision of the plan as they stated it. And the plan was he was going to come in and play at least for one year, and they were going to draft a quarterback who eventually then became Baker Mayfield. And when he came in, he set a great example to Baker Mayfield and really everybody else on the team. I mean, the guy was in that facility at 5.30 every morning doing his workout and getting his physical work in and then going out on the field and doing what he does, which is a real pro. And, you know, it was very, very short-lived here in Cleveland, obviously, mm-hmm. because when you have a, a high draft choice, and in this case, the highest draft choice, the number one pick, and it's a quarterback, the town is salivating for that guy to get in. So, you know, he was playing in the preseason, and he was getting his work done. And, and that was the amazing thing about him. He just had, he had a job performance in front of him, and he would go out and do it, and he would accomplish it, and he was just a real pro. Um, and, and he did it pretty well. Uh, and the team just wasn't ready to win yet. I mean, they, and, and I don't think that they were ready to, to play behind and in front of Baker Mayfield either, but, uh, he went in, uh, he didn't say anything about, uh, being yanked out. He went out because of injury on a Thursday night game against the Jets. It was game three of the season and Mayfield came in and this hurricane called Baker Mayfield blew into Cleveland, turned that around. The Browns finally won a game. And of course they you know, put him in as the starting quarterback. And then he was off to the sideline. There was never a bad word said. There was no pouting. He was there if Baker needed him. I just, uh, I admire what he did. And I know, you know, the, the higher up offices in Berea appreciated what he did while he was here, though it was a brief period of time. All right, one more rhetorical question, I guess. I mean, how hungry are the fans to get into the building and just be together for an NFL game in the regular season for the first time in a while? Yeah, you know, Mark, when they finally made the playoffs last year, it was on the final Sunday of the regular season, and it was a win-and-you're-in game, and they, they beat the Steelers that day to get into the playoffs. And it was a very, very emotional day because the Browns hadn't been in the playoffs since way back in the early 2000s. 18-year wait mm-hmm. in between playoff uh, appearances. And, and it was a great moment, and it was thrilling. And the game itself was thrilling to be able to punch your ticket and get into the playoffs. But there were only 12,000 people allowed in the building for that particular game and all of the other home games last year. So as great as it was, I kept saying to myself, and I know a lot of other people did too, can you imagine what it would have been like if we weren't involved and in the middle of this storm of a pandemic – and the place had been packed, it would have been, you know, it would have been just crazy because here were the Browns finally making it to the playoffs. 
So I think people have been marking the days off until they can get into that stadium. And I think it's going to be a great, great scene, much the way it was last week when, you know, when the chief fans just packed Arrowhead Stadium. I, um, I don't know if we can reach those uh, levels of decibels mm-hmm. that uh, we heard last week, but I think it will be pretty close. So I know that everybody is just very, very excited to get back in there and be able to cheer for this team and be, be able to experience hopefully winning football with this team. And there's Jim Donovan, voice of the Cleveland Browns. Great catching up with him this week. And that'll be heard sometime on Texans Radio if it hasn't been aired already. But I wanted to get it out to you on the podcast. Well, let's have a great weekend. Texans Browns, Sunday at noon, Sports Radio 610, the Bull 100.3 FM, Texans app. Have a great day. Go Texans.